From the 27th floor of the Met Square building in beautiful downtown St. Louis, Missouri, home of the toasted ravioli, a ravioli that is actually fried, not toasted, this is Michael's Insurance Daily, a daily insurance podcast uh, put out by me, Michael Young, an insurance coverage and bad faith lawyer in St. Louis. This is actually our first episode back uh, after the winter break. I hope everyone had a wonderful holiday and we're all rested and ready to come back and go get them. This is also actually our first episode uh, that we put out since the podcast is now available on Apple Podcast, which is awesome. It was actually, uh, they accepted the podcast about 13 years to the day that Steve Jobs announced uh, the original iPhone, which uh, I'm sure that's exactly what Steve was thinking about when they came out with the iPhone was a podcast just like this, but it's super exciting for us. And uh, if you uh, want to check us out on the Apple Podcast app, just well go to the app and search for Michael's Insurance Daily or Michael Young or really awesome podcast. Actually, I don't know if it'll come up with the last one there. But anyway, super excited about that. And uh, now that we are here in 2020, I thought there's no better way to start the podcast than with an Illinois Land of Lincoln insurance update. And to uh, walk us into the update, I'd like to uh, introduce my junior associate, Audrey Young, age six. It's a 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of goldfish. It's dark and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Thank you, Audrey. I appreciate that. The uh, Illinois uh, update I'd like to tell you about today is actually a case that came out a few weeks ago uh, from the uh, appellate court, first judicial district there. It's a Lloyds versus Metropolitan Builders case. Uh, if you want to look up the case, I'll put a link to it in the uh, show notes. Uh, it was a CGL construction defect case. The court held that there was at least a duty to defend because there were allegations, at least the court felt, of damage uh, beyond the work done by the general contractor. Actually, I think maybe with some of the pleading holdings, a fairly non-controversial ruling, at least for Illinois. But what I found interesting about it is how the court basically admitted that they do not interpret the terms occurrence and property damage in a CGL policy according to their plain meaning, but according to more of a sort of a functional approach, at least in terms of uh, construction defect cases. I know many times people will ask us, hey, here's some policy language, what does it mean? And when there's no court case to tell us what it means, I often think you have to go back and, and look at the kind of court and the jurisdiction you're in and say, hey, is this a state that interprets language according to its plain meaning, that is, how the words are literally written on the page and and utilizing dictionary definitions so as to ascertain their meaning. Uh, the court here in this case uh, pretty clearly admitted that that's not what they're doing. And I'll just read to you now some of the key provisions from the case. Here's the appellate court. We have had many occasions to interpret CGL policies in the context of underlying lawsuits against construction contractors, most of which policies contained identical or nearly identical definitions of occurrence and property damage as here. Much of our analysis in those cases have been driven less by literal textual construction and more by considering the overall purpose of CGL policies. Indeed, 
In some cases, we have not even bothered to isolate the two definitions, instead considering them collectively as one phrase, proper damage caused by an occurrence, and determining whether the damages alleged against the contractor in the underlying lawsuit fit within or outside the purpose of seed gel policies. And even when the two definitions are isolated, some courts have used the same reasoning for determining whether an occurrence was pleaded as other courts did in determining whether property damage was pleaded. I thought that was a pretty extraordinary sort of admission by the court there that Illinois, at least for construction defect cases and CGL policies, is truly following a, a functional approach to policy interpretation as opposed to sort of a plain meeting that uh, you may see in some other jurisdictions. The court then goes on and, and describes, you know, w- w- what the function of a CGL policy is for construction defect cases. You know, they quote, um, this passage, which a lot of people quote from the Travelers versus Elger manufacturing case, that's an Illinois Supreme Court case, they say, comprehensive general liability policies are intended to protect the insured from liability for injury or cost to damage to the persons or property of others. They are not intended to pay the cost associated with repairing or replacing the insured's defective work in products which are purely economic losses. Finding coverage for the cost of repairing or replacing defective work would transform the policy into something of a performance bond. Just flip through here, and, you, you know, the, the court concluded that the distinction between damage to other property, usually redressed in tort cases, and purely economic loss or disappointed expectations, typically remedied in a contract claim, have served as the guiding principle in Illinois for determining the definitions of both occurrence and property damage in CGL policies involving lawsuits against insured contractors. So I think one of the walkaways here is if you're looking at policy language interpretation in the state of Illinois, uh, the state in many cases really does rely on a functional approach to policy interpretation as opposed to literally interpreting the language on on the page. Now, that's not going to always be the case, I'm sure, but in this case, it surely is. So thank you. That's our uh, first episode back. Hope you enjoyed it and uh, hope you listen to us again tomorrow. See you soon. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you liked what you heard today, I would love it if you were to subscribe and also share this uh, podcast with your friends and colleagues. If you want to learn more about me, Michael Young, just uh, go to my website, michaelyoungstl.com. That's michaelyoungstl.com. You can find my articles, blog posts, uh, links to my LinkedIn, Twitter, email, all that good stuff. As always, you have to remember that the choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely upon advertisements. Have a great day.